Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! got fresh gear the time is drawing near and we're happy to be here with you welcome in nuanas now espn radio swx montana television and the espn mt app happy to be rolling with you i am colter nuanas we are coming to you through the espn mt studio here at the missoula broadcasting company missoula broadcasting locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and happy to say so it's getting colder i love it it's going to be a chilly, frigid state championship Friday and Saturday. Can't wait for it. Montana versus Montana State at Bobcat Stadium in Bozeman for the 121st time. Also, we'll have state champions crowned around high school football at the AAAB Class C eight-man and Class C six-man level. So we'll keep on getting you all set up for that heavy college football show today. We did a bunch of high school stuff yesterday. If you missed any of that, you can find it uh, on the Nuanas Now podcast. Here in just a couple minutes, we'll be joined by Sam Herter, Hero Sports. We'll talk about the national playoff picture going into the last week of the regular season. I'll give you a hint. The Montana-Montana State game, not the only rivalry game with big-time FCS playoff ramifications. There's also one in California's capital city that certainly will have some ramifications as well. So Sam will join us to talk about the FCS national landscape. If you've been following along the Big Sky Breakdown podcast on SkylineSportsMT.com, Ty Gregorak has joined us throughout the year. He'll join us here today. One of our contributors of the Big Sky Breakdown, Coach Ty, coached in 15, count them, 15 rivalry games between Montana and Montana State. 12 with the Grizz, 3 with the Cats, so he knows what it's like to be on both sides. We had a great conversation earlier this morning about some of the in-state products. I'm also working on what is uh, perhaps my most arduous task of the year each year at Skyline Sports, but also one of my absolute favorite stories that we put out. We have two parts to it. It's our Montana Made series where we highlight each and every one of the young men from Montana that will play in this rivalry game. So stay tuned for that. We'll have that one ready to go tonight. There's 93 guys from the state of Montana playing in this game on Saturday. 51 for the Grizz, 42 for the Cats. Plenty of headliners on both sides, so that story will be ready for you about, uh, I don't know, I can't even give you a timeline, sometime tonight, and uh, you can read it throughout the evening or into tomorrow as well, SkylineSportsMT.com. Bunch of coverage coming up for you there as well. We'll take a step outside the college football world, talk some college hockey. Tucker Sargent was in the studio 
Grizz Hockey General Manager, to give us sort of a midseason report. The Grizz Hockey Squad going down to Utah. They got four games in four days, so they're already on the road. And uh, so instead of Mike Anderson, co-head coach who usually joins us, Tucker swung by, gave us a little update on the uh, the midseason of Grizz Hockey. And at uh, the top of the hour, since it's a Wednesday, our ESPN Roundtable long-form interview for the week. And I don't know if you heard this or not, but college game day is coming to Bozeman. One guy who I know was integral in the decision to choose Montana State and Bozeman for college game day, Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello. He'll join us live at the top of the 5 o'clock hour for our ESPN Roundtable. And then we'll also hear from Patrick O'Connell. O'Connell is a senior linebacker for the University of Montana, a Kalispell Glacier product. He is our Grizz Star of the Week. I talked to Patrick uh, earlier this week. So there you go. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. I mentioned that we got some new gear. If you're watching on the ESPN app or the ESPN MT app or on SWX Montana Television, you see this sweet new Travis Madison polo that I got with some Nuanas now embroidery. Check out the sleeve here, too. Got a little ESPN on here as well. Got to say thanks to my guy Nate as well as the folks at uh, Graphics Imprints. Uh, Graphic Imprints can get your business all geared up. It, it's important to you know, have the name, have the organization, have the branding. They were kind enough to get us all pimped out with all this cool gear. Uh, Nate Dolan played for the Grizzlies back in the mid-1990s. You can reach him at Nate at graphicimprints.com. That's graphic-imprints.com. Also, congratulations to the Dolan family. Nate's son, J.J. Dolan, one of the outstanding players at Missoula Sentinel the last couple years, an All-State selection three years in a row. He committed to Montana State this morning. So his aunt, a Bobcat legend on the volleyball court, and his father, a standout player for the Grizzlies, uh, so, you know, maybe a house divided, but J.J. Dolan's a great player, and uh, he'll fit in really well there at Montana State. So congratulations uh, to their family for that as well. It's a football family. Pat Dolan, the grandfather, uh, was an excellent coach, a Hall of Fame coach at Billings Senior forever and ever. And then Riley Bergeson, who's joined us here uh, on Nuanas now before, who was a standout at Billings West, who's now playing at the Naval Academy. Uh, that's J.J.'s cousin. So football and sports run deep for the Dolans. But if you want to get all geared up for you or your business, you can visit uh, graphic-imprints.com or hit up Nate, Nate at graphicimprints.com. We also will uh, continue uh, a bunch of different giveaways. We got some Grizz basketball passes for you. The Zootown Classic here in Missoula tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. So stay tuned. We got a whole bunch of passes for those sessions. Uh, three different teams. Uh, St. Thomas, Merrimack, and Troy all in town to play a little round-robin tournament with the Grizzlies, so stay tuned. We'll have uh, that for you uh, before the end of the show as well. We go to the Rangers Brothers RV fold line. Welcome in our great friend, the guy who leads each Wednesday's show with us here on Nuanas Now. It's Sam Herter of Hero Sports and Bet MGM. We made it to the end, man, the uh, regular season. The finales are upon us. How you doing? I, I guess I'll start with this. How would you sum up... Uh, this FCS season, you've been covering the FCS as a whole on a national level for a long time now, Sam. So what what would you th- say characterized uh, this season so far? 
I think it's been more excited, more exciting than maybe expected. Uh, I know we talked about this before, but just how last season ended with you know NDSU kind of dominating there in Frisco. Uh, I think that kind of formed the narrative of, well, it's you know it's NDSU. They have a ton coming back, and uh, you know they're, they're probably going to win it all. And the only team that seems like is going to challenge NDSU is South Dakota State with James Madison leaving. Uh, then you had you know Jacksonville State, Sam Houston are ineligible, and so kind of the the preseason mood, you know, coming into the season wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't great, I, I, I guess. But I think it's turned out to be a lot more exciting than maybe what is expected just because, uh, you know, I think that the Big Sky has taken uh, the next step. You know, the Valley is down uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, the SoCon looks to have four good teams. The CAA, while losing James Madison, has, um, you know, looks like they have some quality teams. Uh, as well, and so there, you know, there's always teams that have high expectations that don't reach those expectations, and then there's other teams that that kind of rise up, you know, like an Idaho, for example. And so I think overall, it's been you know a really, really exciting year and fun year. Well, let's take a look at some of the rivalries around the country before we get into the two Big Sky Conference rivalries. I know you are on your way to Montana, so very much look forward to seeing you this weekend. Uh, but here's some of the other big time rivalry games that will have playoff ramifications. Uh, around the country. In the Colonial Athletic Association, the Capital Cup pit, pits number 8, William & Mary, at number 11, Richmond. 133rd meeting between these two. So that's uh, one of the top 10 in college football and the fourth most in FCS history. What do you think of that matchup, Sam? I don't know much about William & Mary, but they've been very good, 9-1 this year. And Richmond has been a team that's contended uh, throughout the years and even has a national championship back in 2008 when they beat the Grizzlies. So uh, what do you think of that matchup there uh, at Richmond on Saturday? Yeah, I think both of these teams are already in the playoffs no matter what happens. Richmond already has eight Division One wins. Will and Mary has nine Division One wins, uh, one being an FBS win over Charlotte. Uh, and so I think the winner, uh, you know, even the loser is still going to be in the playoffs, but I do think the winner has a really good chance at a Seed, um, and, I, and I think both are you know good, solid FCS programs. William and Mary plays great defense, has uh, a really good uh, rushing attack uh, as well. Uh, Richmond has always played tough defense traditionally uh, these last few seasons. Its offense has kind of been what struggled lately, but this offseason they brought in two transfers uh, from VMI, uh, Jacob Harris and quarterback Reese Dinsky, two All-American level guys. They're now at Richmond, um, and they've certainly taken that offense to uh, another level. And so two two good teams, two balanced teams, and it should be a pretty good game. Sam Herder joining us here on Sports Bet MGM, senior FCS analyst covering the FCS on a national level. South Coast State, uh, top-ranked Jackrabbits, they finished the regular season 10-1. and They somehow have the great fortune of getting a bye, so they're going to have two byes. Uh, pr- almost certainly because they're going to get one of the top seeds. Uh, but the other big-time Missouri Valley matchup, Pitts, North Dakota State against North Dakota uh, in the Fargo Dome, 115th time these two teams uh, have played. Um, what do we think of this matchup, Sam? Yeah, this is, a, I think, one of the more intriguing ones because this for is sure. certainly no gimme for North Dakota State. It is, it is at the Fargo Dome, you know, which is – you know, potentially good for for seven points uh, there for, for the Bison, but you know UND is playing really well this year. They're just always an overall uh, solid team defensively, giving up a, a lot more you know some more points than what they want to. But you know offensively, they're just really balanced. They spread the ball out. Tommy Schuster has been uh, super super efficient for UND. And then on the flip side, North Dakota State, you know it's kind of just 
even after the, the South Dakota State loss, I think a lot of us around the FCS felt, yeah, North Dakota State lost in South Dakota State, but they're probably going to, you know, turn it to another gear down the stretch here and start rolling toward the playoffs. Well, this last weekend, they they went to Southern Illinois and barely won. Uh, you know, it was a close game uh, for the most part. Uh, and I know SIU was, was kind of fighting for its playoff lives and put everything into that game, but it was still one of those games where maybe you expected the Bison to, to start rolling and play a little bit better. And the Bison are dealing with some injuries, too. Uh, their starting right tackle is out for the rest of the year. Uh, Hunter Lipke, uh, he suffered a shoulder, arm, upper arm uh, injury. He was shown in a sling. Uh, he's he's doubtful to play this week. Uh, Matt Ent said something about, uh, you know, I think someone asked him, will we see Hunter Lipke the rest of this year? Uh, and Matt Ent said, well, we're getting a second opinion uh, on, on that, which kind of tells me that the first opinion uh, probably wasn't very good, that maybe the first opinion said, yeah, you need surgery on this, or yeah, you need to take, you know, whatever, two months off. Um, and so that's usually the reason why you get a second opinion and, you know, Hunter Lipke was an absolute dominant force last year in the semifinals in the national title game. You can make the argument that if Hunter Lipke wasn't on the field in the semifinals against James Madison, that North Coast State probably probably doesn't win that game. Uh, so he's a huge difference maker. Um, and so I think even with Lipke, I think this was going to be a tight game. And without him, uh, I still think the Bison are going to win. But it's I really think it's going to be a close game. Man, how hard is running back on your body? Well, if that guy can get hurt, anybody can get hurt because that guy is just <laughs> a ferocious beast. He is one of the most physically intimidating. When he ran Chase Benson and Troy Anderson over on the same play in the national championship game last year, I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this guy is the realist because those are two of the best players in the entire Big Sky Conference in the entire United States at the FCS level uh, on the interior. Sam Herter joining us uh, here from Hero Sports as well as Bet MGM. Uh, the other one that uh, I had circled, is Sanford, who's a, a one-loss team, will host number 19, Mercer, and Mercer is 7-3. and three. I didn't really know much about Mercer until this year, but they put up some huge point totals earlier in the season, got my attention, and then started following those scores, and they've been pretty good, too. Uh, that's probably the top game out of the SoCon. What do we think of Sanford and Mercer? So this is a game that Montana fans will want to keep an eye on, especially if the Grizz do lose. Uh, and, and the Grizz are seven and four. Uh, a bubble team they will go up against is Mercer, who right now is seven and three. And so you definitely want Mercer uh, to lose this game uh, because I think if Mercer beats Sanford, uh, Sanford is already a lock to make the playoffs. You have to put Mercer in, and I think Chattanooga and Furman, uh, they were both going to hit uh, eight Division One wins uh, this weekend unless they get you know an upset. And so if if Mercer wins, in my opinion, I think the SoCon is going to be a four bid league. But if Sanford beats uh, Mercer, uh, I think it's only going to be a three bid league where Mercer probably gets left out uh, at seven and three or at seven and four overall, excuse me. Um, and you know, if if Sanford does win, honestly, I was looking at their resume over the over the, uh, this last week, and if Sanford wins, they could potentially be the number four seed, uh, one spot ahead of North Dakota State, making wow. the Bison go on the road in the quarterfinals. Uh, because you know, again, if Sac State wins, uh, they're the one or the two. South Dakota State is the one or one or the two. Montana State wins, they're probably looking at the three. And then between the four and the five, yeah, conventional SCS wisdom says, well, you know, NDSU, the defending national champs, nine and two overall, close loss to South Dakota State. They should probably probably be the four. But if you go off a of paper. If Samford wins this weekend, they're going to be 10 and over to the FCS. They're going to have three ranked wins compared to NDSU's uh, one ranked win. And strength of schedule, kind of surprisingly, the computers say that Samford has a, a tougher strength of schedule than North Dakota State because the Bison avoided, uh, you know, some some key teams like Missouri State and Northern Iowa in the conference slates and didn't have you know all that great of a non-conference slate. So this is a huge game for Samford. I, I do 
if I had to put money on it, I would probably say North Dakota State still gets the four seed uh, in this situation, but it won't be surprised, uh, surprising at all if, if the Bison do get as low as a number five seed. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, here on Nuanas Now. Maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're listening on the ESPN MT app, or maybe you're listening on the good old-fashioned radio, 1029 ESPN Radio around Western Montana. All right, let's talk about the uh, the big games in the Big Sky Conference. First, let's talk Causeway Classic. I think it's awesome for the league that the Causeway Classic, which is a historic rivalry, I mean, Sac State and UC Davis have been playing for almost 70 years, and and it was always sort of this this great finale for those two teams who didn't really have a bunch other to, a bunch else to play for, but it did did help them sort of end the the season on a high note and get big crowds at either venue. But now it was a big game uh, on a national level. I mean, Sac State is certainly in the mix, not only for a top four seed, but you know a top two and maybe you know I don't know. I think that South Dakota State's probably got the one locked up, but you never know. And an eleven and zero Sac team maybe steals even the number one seed, which would be crazy given where Sac State's come from. And the UC Davis, I think they were left for dead, but they've won. Uh, they haven't lost in more than a month, and now they're sitting here at 6-4. and four. Uh, So break this one down for us. Davis, obviously, I think has to win to get in. Do you agree? Is, is this a win-and-in situation for UC Davis? I, I think so. Uh, I You know, they would have an argument to get in at 6-5, and five, especially because they UC Davis really took it to uh, Idaho. Um, you know, now if Idaho somehow loses at Idaho State uh, to finish with six Division One wins, maybe that gets UC Davis in at 61 wins over Idaho. But, you know, all things considered, I have a hard time seeing a team with six Division One wins making it in just because there's going to be so many teams across the country with, with 71 wins, 81 wins. Heck, there's even a nine Division One win team in Fordham that's, that's on the bubble. And so 61 wins, I think it's going to be very tough. So this is a, a huge game for UC Davis. If, if they win, they are certainly in. Um, you know, that could potentially be a, a team that knocks Montana out if, if the Grizz do lose this weekend in our 7-4. and four. I think you would have to take a 7-4 and four UC Davis over a uh, 7-4 and four Montana team. Now, if, <laughs> if the Grizz beat Montana State and UC Davis beats Sac State and Idaho wins, you know, I don't know if any of those teams get left out. We, we could be looking at six bids from the Big Sky Conference because in this scenario, you know, if you are going to leave, leave one team out, it's probably Idaho, uh, which is weird because they beat Montana, but Montana just beat Montana State and is 8-3. and three. Uh, So um, this a lot of big games, obviously, across the country, but especially in the Big Sky where, um, you know, I think we're probably looking at for sure four teams from the Big Sky in uh, a, a decent chance at five teams in, but there are scenarios, just like I said, where six Big Sky teams could make it in. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM here on Nuanez Now. Uh, last question before we get into the uh, rivalry game here in the Treasure State, Sam. If Sac State, first of all, Sac State navigated the gauntlet. I know that there's always the cries of unbalanced schedule. Well, they didn't play the Cats this year, but they beat Montana, they beat Idaho. Um, they beat Weber State, and now they got a UC Davis team. So there's no way you can say Sac State had an easy schedule. They're basically going to have played four ranked teams in a little over a month coming into the playoffs. If the Hornets win on Saturday, is there any way they steal the number one seed from South Dakota State? I I, I have them projected Sac State as the number one seed uh, right now. I do think they would have a pretty good case for it. Uh, now, for the most part, you know, the one and two seed doesn't really matter because you get home field advantage uh, regardless throughout the playoffs. Now, where it does matter is, you know, potential 
matchups. You know, just just for example, uh, you know, it, it depends who you ask, but, you know, South Dakota State fans, some of them will say, well, we want to see NDSU and Frisco. Some fans will say, well, no, we want to see them uh, in Brookings. And so where it does matter, you know, for South Dakota State, if, let's say, NDSU does get uh, the number four seed, uh, you know, South Dakota State actually might benefit from being the two seed, you know, just because they, they would avoid uh, North Dakota State. So there really isn't, in my opinion, a, a whole lot of difference uh, between the one and two seed. But I do think the Hornets would probably have a, a, a better argument than South Dakota State. Honestly, you know, one more Division One win, an FBS win, they would have four ranked wins, which would be more than uh, South Dakota State. Uh, they, their, their projected uh, strength of schedule is one spot ahead of uh, South Dakota State, so a slightly better strength of schedule for Sac State over South Dakota State. Both are projected to be in the top five strength of schedules. And so overall, you know, Sac State, I think, would have a better resume uh, than, than South Dakota State uh, to be the number one seed. And, you know, then from there, it's, it's all about kind of flipping the narratives because so far there's been about three narratives about Sac State that uh, they can't do anything in the playoffs, uh, no one goes to their games, and, uh, you know, they don't play anyone in the big sky. Well, just like you said, uh, you know, they, they have beaten a lot of good big sky teams this year. Uh, there still is that narrative that no one goes to their games, and maybe that's just because of the camera angle where the opposite right. side, not a lot of people sit there. But they're still drawing, like, 15, 16, 17,000 oh, sure. fans to their games. Like, they're, they're drawing pretty good fans. Um, and then the last one is they don't do anything in the playoffs. Well, that's, that's going to stick with Sac State until they actually do something uh, in the playoffs. And so um, I, I think they're set up to make a pretty decent run. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM here on Nuanas Now. All right, let's talk about the rivalry game then. We have uh, already broken down uh, some of the playoff stuff for these squads. I think the Grizz got a win to get in. They might be able to backdoor their way in if they lose, um, but I think that, that they don't want to leave it to that. They want to get to that eight-win mark and, and give themselves at least somewhat of a competitive draw. And for Montana State, they're in no matter what, but it's the identical scenario as it was a year ago, where if you win, you're a 10-win team who's certainly a top-four seed, and you're a big CI Conference champion for the first time in 10 years. If you lose... Robs you have a lot of momentum. You might fall all the way out of the seeding. I don't know. They they fell to the eight seed last year with their loss in Missoula. So I guess uh, Sam, you already mentioned just the Grizz scenario, but the Cats, if, if they win, how high of a seed can they get? If they lose, what? How far will they fall? Yeah, if Montana State wins, uh, I, I still think they would probably be the three seed um, behind South Coast State and Sac State. Uh, you know, depending on what happens with the UC Davis. Uh, Sac State game, and honestly, I, I kind of feel like even if Sac State loses, they still might have a top two seed locked up just because overall body of work, Sac State would still have several, several ranked wins, FBS win, 10-1 and one overall. Um, and so, but there, there's always a chance that if Montana State wins, Sac State loses, potentially Montana State could be as high as uh, the number two seed, which gives the Bobcats home field advantage throughout. If Montana State loses, you know, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. I, I still think they are going to be a seed because overall uh, body of work. You know, nine and two overall, nine and one versus the FCS would have a, a couple of ranked wins in there over Weber State and UC Davis. Uh, you know, I, I still think Weber State is going to be a seed, and so if you seed Weber State, uh, you have to still seed, in my opinion, Montana State ahead of Weber State. Uh, and honestly, if if Montana State loses this game and you stack their resume up against a nine and two North Dakota State team. Montana State still has a better resume than North Dakota State. Uh, with both teams at 9-2, and two, they would have more ranked wins, a tougher strength of schedule. So as odd as it might sound, Montana State could lose this game and maybe still be a top-four seed. Wow. Um, 
you know, there, there is that potential there. I'm not saying it will happen, uh, but I do think overall body of work uh, might result in Montana State still being seated ahead of uh, Montana. Uh, and the reason that didn't happen last year was because uh, Montana had a couple of ranked wins uh, on their resume, and they were able to, to jump Montana State for a higher seed. This year, um, Montana State would still have a, a better overall record and more ranked wins than Montana State, um, or, or over or, uh, over Montana. Um, so I don't know how far Montana State would drop, but I still think it would be somewhere there in the seedings. Would, can the Grizz get a seed if they win this game? Uh, I don't... I, possibly. I, I'm not sold on that uh, as much. Um, Me neither. I think they have a pretty good chance, but, you know, again, it's just what the playoff committee kind of, uh, you know, what they value. Uh, it's hard to know who Montana would jump uh, to get to, to, to not, you know, to, to knock out a team out of the seeds. Um, you know, if, if North Dakota State lost to UND, uh, you know, that, that would probably knock NDSU uh, out of the seeds. Um, so potentially Montana could take that spot. Um, but again, I don't know if they would jump Montana State or not. I don't, you know, they wouldn't jump Weber State because Weber has the head-to-head, um, although Lucas Johnson didn't play in that game. There's still the Holy Cross. There's still Incarnate Word. You know, Sanford, like I said, could be a pretty high seed. And so I just, would they be deserving of a seed? I think they would just because, again, you know, you, you lose close games to highly ranked teams on the road without your starting quarterback. I think that shows how good you are. Um, and so if the Grizz did beat Montana State, I do think they would be deserving of a seed. I, I just, I'm, I'm not sold that they would get a seed just because I, I don't know if they would have the resume to kind of stack up to be a top eight seed. For more on the national landscape of the football championship subdivision, visit heroesports.com or follow Sam Herter on Twitter. Sam, thanks for being here, man. Very much look forward to seeing you in person uh, this weekend. Travel safe and, uh, Great job this week and every week. We uh, will see you in Bozeman, but uh, have a great rest of the week, and thanks for being here. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and, yeah, excited to get to Montana and uh, experience the brawl again and obviously game day being there, and uh, should make the, the weekend even more special. So uh, looking forward to getting there. i got to ask you one more question. I can't even believe it. We've talked so much game day that <laughs> I, I completely even forgot to ask you this. You have been at uh, – you've covered programs and, and been around when game day has come. How much do you think it really does have an impact just on the overall uh, visibility and trajectory of a, of a program? How much do you think it helped like North Dakota State, South Dakota State when they've had game day before? I, I think it helps uh, tremendously. Um, I can't remember who specifically it was, but um, it was a you know a pretty good NDSU player uh, that uh, he was a senior in like 2017 or 2018. He said. You know, the reason NDSU came on my radar is because I, I watched, I turned on college game day and I saw a bunch of fans packing their downtown, uh, you know, Broadway Street. And I was like, who the heck is this team? And so, yeah, I does think it, it helps with just your overall exposure uh, of your school, of your town, but especially your, your football program. I mean, that gets, I mean, you know, three, four million uh, viewers. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's great. Uh, it's great PR. Um, now, one warning, because I have been to three of these. I went to yeah. uh, two in Fargo. I went to the one in Brookings in 2019. Just a warning for fans that are in attendance. They're not talking about this game for three hours. Yeah, for no, sure. They're not talking about <laughs> Montana State for, for three hours. You know, you can go there standing in the cold for 45 minutes, and they're not going to talk about your team because they're going to be talking about, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC. And then they'll go back uh, to the brawl and, you know, talk about these two teams, do some feature stories for 10 minutes and then, you know, 30 more minutes of talking about FBS and then they'll come back to, you know, Montana, Montana state. And so it, I, I don't want to say it's boring, but there are lapses in there when you're kind of just standing there. And if you don't care about FBS football, you're not going to care about 
you know, what they're saying. And so just kind of a forewarning there that this isn't a three-hour showcase of Montana, Montana State. Um, but they're, they're, they're going to do so many cool feature stories. They're going to have shots of the crowd, of the stadium, uh, of the mountains, of the setting. It's going to be a, a really cool deal for both of those schools. He's Sam Herter. We'll recap with them again next week, but look forward to seeing you, buddy. Thanks for being here. All right, thank you. Noah's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A guy who's been in this Montana-Montana State rivalry on the sideline 15 different times. Ty Gregorak, our lead analyst from Skyline Sports and the color commentator for the television broadcasts on the Bobcat side of things. He joins us next. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Want to go watch some Grizz hoops? College basketball season's here as well. And uh, crazy, because sometimes there's just so much crossover. It's uh, sort of overwhelming. But the Grizz are at home for the first time this season. They have Troy, Merrimack, and uh, they have three different teams here. Uh, St. Thomas is the third team here in town for the Zootown Classic, a little round-robin tournament. And we have uh, passes to all three days. So let's give away a pair of passes to tomorrow's action. There's sessions at 5 and 7.30. So uh, the Grizz are at 7.30. So if you want a pair of passes, call right now. Call number 2-406-888-1029. Let's 888-1029. Call right now. we got a pair of passes to uh, tomorrow night's opening session of the Zootown Classic, including Montana's home opener. Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, and it's uh, one of the best weeks of the year, state championship week across the state of Montana. we got a state championship and the fiercest rivalry in all the West, Montana at Montana State, 121st rendition of the rivalry coming up in Bozeman on Saturday. We've been joined throughout the season on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast on Skyline Sports by Ty Gregorak, longtime assistant coach, throughout the Big Sky Conference, and now on the color commentary uh, for the MTN Network, and uh, we'll be in the booth for the rivalry game uh, on Saturday. Ty joins us now here on our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. We're going to have a conversation that's going to for sure go beyond this radio segment, so you can find the rest of this conversation again uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. But uh, Montana State Minute, JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Go visit their website, jvrestaurant.com. Ty, what's up, my man? One of the great weeks of the year. How you feeling? How you doing? Is is there one more football game this weekend, Culture? I had forgot that. 
Yeah, man, it's the best week of the year in this state, as we all know. And, you know, I'm fired up. Hey, before we even get to the brawl, I'm fired up to, to see the outcome of that game on Friday night. You know, we were talking prior to the call. Bozeman, Bozeman Hawks, Coach Weshi led Bozeman Hawks, has 15 kids playing for both these programs, and he's competing for another state championship. So, you know, football football is, is alive and well and strong in Bozeman, Montana right now. There is no question about that. Coach Weshi's done a hell of a job there, man. I mean, Troy Purcell did a great job. Uh, you know, Bozeman has always been so good at all the sports, and they were never – that elite at football. They're okay, you know, playoff team or whatever, but they hadn't won a state sure. championship since, like, the 1910s when they won one in 2010. And uh, Coach Purcell, when he left, people thought, okay, how are they going to keep this thing going? Because Purcell was a, you know, college-level coach who'd won championships at Haver and Bozeman. And, and uh, Coach Weshey takes over, and he was telling me the other night, that's seven state title game appearances since 2010 for Bozeman, including six under Coach Weshi. So uh, pretty darn impressive what he's been able to do there at Bozeman High. And that's one of the stories of this game. you got a bunch of ex-Hawks. you got a bunch of ex-Sentinel Spartans. And uh, the, the great teams uh, from high school football in the state of Montana directly reflected in this game on Saturday uh, between Montana and Montana State. Well, it's really cool because um, you just named you know the two the two the two high schools that have the most kids on these programs, one's from right here in the heart of Bozeman, and one is, you know, become the flagship high school on that side. And, and, and Dane Oliver has done an unbelievable job, and I was bummed to see him get knocked out because, you know, what a story. I mean, you and I can, you and I can remember when Sentinel couldn't win a game, let no alone games, no games. Back to, no games, right. And, 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 and then back-to-back state champs, I, I was kind of hoping to see him make another run. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just... It's neat to see, you know, the two programs that have the two big, biggest colleges in the uh, state are the ones that are led by a bunch of high school players that, uh, you know, both programs are doing a great job. So Coach, Coach Weshi has done a good job. I mean, it, it's uh, especially with the split, you know, and a good chunk of these kids that are now going to Gallatin and a great job by Hunter and those guys this year. I mean, Gallatin, you know, who didn't even have a freaking senior class a year ago uh, is, is, is competing, you know, in the, in the, uh, semifinal game. That's pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. Testament to the towns and uh, the youth football programs in the towns, for sure. Ty Gregorak joining us here on the Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Uh, let's start there when it comes to the rivalry game. Coach, you, you coached in a bunch of these, and a lot of times the, the players from in-state that have the most to lose, the most to play for, and then that play the best have the biggest influence on this game. And, you know, I... I have so many different guys that pop to my mind, whether it's Colt Anderson for the Grizz back in, in 08 or, you know, Braden Conkle for the Cats multiple years in a row uh, there during that four-game winning streak or you know, guys like Josh Hill and Mitch Brought a couple years ago during that 2019 game or guys like, you know, Jace Lewis last year uh, during the during Montana's win uh, over the Bobcats. So uh, how much of an influence does that have, just uh, the in-state guys playing in this game, especially the ones that are playing in it for the last time? Well, it's it's uh, you're exactly right, but but I mean, if you really look at both programs' culture and, and just go back through time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the best players on these two schools are Montana boys. I mean, every now and then you're going to have that true Maine Johnson or you know that that young man that um, is is going to make his mark. You know, who knows? You know, a healthy Sean Chambers this week or a Bryce Sturk a couple years ago that was from out of state, but. 99% of the time, man, the best players on these programs are from Montana. And the guys that, that are remembered are the ones that make plays in this game. And most of the time, those guys 
our Montana boys. You know, it's just not to say that it means more than, than to a kid from out of state. It's just these young men grow up with it. They, they've got dads, grandpas, uncles, brothers, cousins, whoever, that, that, have, that probably some way are tied to this game, and, and you grow up with it. And that, that's what's so special about this Saturday for, for these young men is they spend their whole lives waiting to play in this game and, and then to watch them go shine and, and, you know, win or lose and battle and fight. And I mean, I was talking about it with Ben on the broadcast, you know, it's just different. You know, the, the electricity, the hitting is harder. The smack talk is louder. The, the vibe is just, it's special, man. And, and to, to get to coach yeah. And you said, I got to coach in a bunch of them. I coached in 15 brawls, Coulter. I mean, that's, you know, 15 of these, 15 of these weeks, man, where you're bringing in old players and old timers and, you know, newer generation guys and captains. And, you know, this guy made a play in this game and you get to listen to these stories throughout the week as players and coaches. And it truly is a special brotherhood, man. And, and, uh, all the young men that get to be a part of it. I mean, the fans, the fans are going to enjoy it. The fans are fans, man. They're going to, drink and party and yell at each other. And, you know, I mean, we've got game day, which is already making an already special weekend, more special. Let, let's get back to that one uh, because I do want to talk to you on, on the game day experience and what people, you know, what people around the state are saying about it. But no, man, it's, it's you, you've been around a lot of these now too. You know what I'm talking about. It's just different. And any coach or player that doesn't treat it differently usually uh, doesn't perform too well in the brawl. So uh, I can't wait to, to be on the call. You know, people were calling me right away once once we found out game day. And like, no, you know, wait, you know, wait, are you not getting to call this game? And I'm like, no, they do. It's a, it's a show, man. It's a production. They spend a few hours highlighting the programs and going around and the guest speaker, blah, blah, blah. And it's that, like a great, you know, like a concert, man. It's they, they, they get everything out of there and they're gone before you even know it. So, uh Fired up for Saturday, man, as, as you can tell. Ty Gregory joining us here on the Montana State Minute, a conversation that will continue into the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. But two more things here uh, on this here radio hit, Ty. Uh, we'll get to the college game day in just a minute. But um, when you look at the guys from Montana that are playing in this game, I think it's very cool as well because you mentioned that some of the some of the best players on these teams, a lot of the times the best players on these teams are from Montana. And, you know, 51 guys from Montana on the Grizzlies, 42 guys from Montana on the Bobcats. But it's not just those guys that are numbers. There's a whole bunch of guys that are just, you know, they're up and coming or that are red shirts or, you know, that are guys. We'll see what their future might hold. But when you look at the guys who are truly going to play and contribute in this game, I think you have some of the biggest stars in the game as Montana guys. You look at the Grizzlies. Marcus Wellnell, Patrick O'Connell, a couple linebackers who are All-American candidates. Robbie Hout claims Missoula, so we consider him a Montana and an All-American safety for the Grizz. Junior Bergen, who's probably going to be an All-American punt returner by the time it's all said and done, and a standout receiver from Billings. Mitch Roberts, who's been with Montana uh, forever out of Missoula Sentinel. Garrett Graves, who's really made waves as a small-town guy uh, from Eureka, came in as a quarterback, and now he does everything. He's a safety, but he's also returning kicks and all sorts of stuff. But then probably the biggest star in this game is Tommy Malott, the quarterback for Montana State, and he's bolstered by a bunch of in-state teammates like R.J. Fitzgerald, the fullback, Callan O'Reilly, a captain linebacker, Bertie Greeby, uh, who's become a stud there on the defensive end spot out of Melstone, Montana, uh, Justice Perkins, the center from Bozeman, and you just go on and on down the line. And uh, so 
I mean, when you talk about the matchup in this game, Ty, in terms of the the number of prominent guys from Montana who are playing prominent roles for their teams, it seems like that's yet another place in which uh, this seems like a a stalemate, a pretty even draw when it comes to the stars from Montana in this game. Yeah, and that's and that's what's so fun about it is is all those guys you're talking about the matchups, right? You know the, um, you know is Lane Sumner healthy, and you know how's Wellnell going to tackle the kid from Huntley and Tommy Malott, you know Butte, Butte America against the quarterback on their defense and Robbie Houck and how's Patrick O'Connell going to handle big long, you know trade pickering on the edge and you know I mean that's the, that's what's fun about this is the matchups, man and. Um, you know these Montana boys. They are. I mean, they're. I mean, we every guy we just named is from Montana. Whether they're from, you know, Billings, which is 115,000, all the way to Sunburst with a few hundred. That's what's cool about this, and all. Uh, it, it's so. Uh, you know, all my old dudes from 12 years at Montana and three years at Montana State. All, all my the guys that I stay in touch with the most are all Montana boys, man. I mean, it just the Shane McIntyre's and Sean Lebsox. And I talked to Brock Coyle the other day and Mac Bignell talked to Dane Fletcher. You know I mean? That that's what's special for me, man, is because I'm not from here, but I have officially hit the 20 year mark, uh, this winter. Um, when I came with coach Houck in 03 and married a girl from Roundup, Montana and our kids are, <laughs> I mean, my daughter, it's already house divided, man. I mean, Candace, Candace played volleyball for the cats coach for the Grizz for five years. I coached the Grizz for 12 years, finished my career with, with the Cats for a few years, and now Gabby, Gabby loves the Grizz and Jack loves the Bobcats. So we're, we're already working on the house divided thing, and Candace and I are pretty freaking indifferent to all the truth, but um, it's special. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it 20 more times in our conversation this morning. It's just special. Ty Gregorak here on Nuanas. Now, last thing for uh, this part of the conversation, Ty, you mentioned college game day, and I think that – uh, on one side of this thing, people are just over the moon thrilled. Uh, there's a lot of salty people on the western side of the continental divide. But as I keep saying throughout the week, and I hope everybody can really take this, is it's not the college game day chose Montana State over Montana as much as they chose the state of Montana to come to to highlight. And there's a lot of things that go into it. Accessibility, the travel, the opportunity, the schedule. All those sorts of things. And I think the fact that the Cats are undefeated in league play really was a draw as well. Uh, so what, what do you think about the dynamic of people co- or of, of the uh, the reaction to college game day, but also college game day coming to Bozeman? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with this. One, the stars aligned pretty perfectly because the, the power over the years, there's been lots of top five matchups with these, with, in the brawl, top ten matchups, you know, uh, one trying to keep the other out of the playoffs, both trying to make the playoffs. But the Power 5 slate next week isn't very strong, you know. And who knows? If UCLA doesn't get upset by Arizona, maybe they're, they're in L.A. for USC, UCLA, which probably would have been, what, six versus seven, seven versus eight, somewhere like that. Um, but it, it's anyone who – anyone, and I'll say this too, okay? If – if, if college game day makes one appearance to Montana, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a bummer that Missoula, hopefully they just have a wonderful time and want to come back in a couple of few years. You know, they've been to Fargo a couple of times. I do believe that game day should set up shop in Missoula. Missoula, in terms of SCS, is, is the greatest venue 
with this one of the strongest fan bases in the country. That's a fact. Uh, the venue there with with Mount Sentinel in the background and twenty six thousand, and and the and the just the beauty of Washington Grizz. It's it's a beautiful, awesome FCS stadium that I think is the best in the country. Not the Fargo Dome, not nowhere else. Um, that being said, Coulter, if you're going to whine about it being in Bozeman and not Missoula, then shame on you, because they're going to highlight both programs equally. They're going to highlight the Grizz. They're going to highlight Coach Houck. They're going to highlight Montana's all-time leading tackler in Robbie Houck. They're going to they're going to they're going to show things in Missoula and, and the great history of, of Montana. But they're also going to do it at Montana State. And oh, by the way, one of the two teams is undefeated in league play and still vying for a, a conference championship. One of the teams is number three in the country. One of the teams has three league losses and is outside the top ten and can't win the league. And oh, by the way, if, 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 if Montana loses this game and UC Davis wins, they're probably not even making the playoffs. So don't whine about college game day coming to Bozeman when I just stated the facts there in terms of this game. So it's going to be awesome for both programs. They're going to highlight both programs. It's great for the brawl. It's great for 121 years of a story that's an incredible story and an incredible rival. Oh, by the way, since the streak has been broken, it's 9-9. to Everybody loves to talk about the record. It's 9-9 to since 2002 when the streak was broken because you've got the COVID year that they didn't play. It is completely even. So, I don't know, man. I think it's awesome, personally. I don't even know if I'm going to get to go. I'd love to take Jax and, and go experience that. But, you know, the game, it's a noon kickoff, and we're doing the game, and I'm usually there about you know a few hours early. So, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome for both programs. It's a, it, it, and we don't, I mean, period. Don't have to talk about it anymore. It's great for, it's great for the brawl. Montana Minute, Ty Gregorak here on Nuanas Now. This conversation shall continue on the Big Sky Breakdown. Go check out the Big Sky Breakdown. Just posted it while you were listening to that interview. Uh, it's up on SkylineSportsMT.com, so a continuation of that uh, conversation with Coach Ty Gregorak. He'll be on the color commentary for the television broadcast uh, this upcoming weekend, 121st rendition of the fiercest rivalry in the Treasure State. More Grizz Hoops passes. It's the Zootown Classic here in Missoula this weekend. Round-robin tournament featuring St. Thomas, Merrimack, Troy, and the University of Montana. We got two passes to Friday's action. 5 and 7.30 are the sessions. So if you want a couple passes to the action on Friday night down at Dahlberg Arena, call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Caller number one, first guy, first gal, whatever, whoever you are, first person, 888-1029. Got two passes for you to the Zootown Classic. We also got some wings and some Grizz hockey on the other side. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Now on 102.9 FM, 
92.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. That time of the week, Grizz Hockey. We got a huge rivalry football game on the horizon, but Grizz Hockey uh, rolls on. They're actually rolling down the highway already. So instead of Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, who usually joins us here on Wednesdays, we're joined by Tucker Sargent, who is uh, one of the organizers, general manager of the Grizz Hockey team. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's like the midpoint of the year already. Yeah, this season has, I mean, we are. We're, we're right in the meat of it, and this is a particularly tough stretch. For, them. <laughs> I think for sure. It's like something like, nine games in like two weeks or something like that that if you look at the calendar or maybe it's three weeks and nine games it's an incredibly busy time of year well how do you sort of go about doing that part of it because you guys i think you only played three games in three days once last year and you had a stretch where you had three games in three days two weeks in a row uh, a couple weeks ago and then now you got another stretch like that so that's three times in four yeah, we're actually weeks. four games in a row this there week there you go so you basically you've had three or four games three of the four weeks this month that's a lot right yeah, it, it's a ton, and there, it, we're playing we're we're playing a lot more games than there is at practice at this point because it's just a, it's yeah. basically about preserving and maintaining and just making sure you, you're ready for the next one. Um, but it's also an incredible opportunity. I mean, one of the things that we've been working on from last year, obviously, first year program, just trying to get off the ground. We were able to recruit really well, bring some guys in. You're seeing that, you know, reflected in our record right now. We're eleven and four. We just got ranked number five in the West and eleventh cool. nationally. Uh, which is an incredible thing for a second-year program. But part of that, to get those rankings and get out there, is you have to increase the strength of your schedule and take the opportunities and the opponents when you can get them. And so that's why you know, they're going down for this incredible challenge of the Beehive Tournament down in uh, the Salt Lake area. So we're going to see the four different teams in, in four days and see how we survive. Well, as Coach Anderson has been talking about, uh, a lot of the uh, analysis of the team and where they need to make strides and grow and, and improve comes from sort of self-analysis because you guys have played a couple uh, opponents where you guys are just the decided much better program. And then also you've played some of the best in the country, like the University of Mary, who came here a couple weeks back. So um, what, what do you think of that element just in terms of this weekend? Because like you said, this is going to be a, a great test for uh, the team and maybe, maybe a little bit more of a gauge just in terms of uh, where you need to go. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's going to it's going to show two things. One, it's four quality opponents. We got Boise State, Northern Arizona, uh, Utah Valley and Utah, all highly ranked opponents within our region. Um but also it's going to be how can you survive a schedule like that? And yeah. a lot of this is you know, uh you know, we saw how we played against Mary. We saw how we played against MSU. Um, and then we've played some other great opponents in Weber State and Utah University of Utah, or sorry Utah State that we were able to get big wins on, um, which really helped elevate us get there. But now, can we can are we able to mentally? I think skill wise we're there, but mentally, can you be locked in for four games like that? And it's a great test to do at this point in the season because if you want to do stuff in the postseason, I mean that's what you have to get prepared for um, is playing a lot of hockey in a shorter period of time. So. I think it's just going to be one of those things. It's, it's, you know, this whole thing has been trial by fire. Um, and, and that's kind of the, where, where it goes, you know, as a second year program, how much can we push them? How much can we go through? And I, and I, I believe that, you know, Mike and Will, the two coaches have done a really good job preparing the guys and at least building a roster that is capable of it. Now it's time to kind of mentally come together and say, you know, it's a grind. Four games in four days is tough. And it's really easy to have a lapse where you take, you know, a shift off a playoff, you know, a day off uh, just because you're not there and that can come back and to harm you. So it's how do you get the guys motivated for four games? I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for the coaching staff through this weekend. 
Tucker Sergeant Grizz Hockey joining us in studio. The Grizz Hockey team on the road uh, this weekend. What's been the the most surprising part about uh, year two? Because year one is always you know such a breakneck. You have no idea what's coming. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, everything about year one is a surprise. <laughs> yeah, to- totally. Uh, what is surprising about year two? Uh, truthfully, how good they've looked in year two. I mean, uh, the, the pro- you guys thought you're gonna were gonna be better. You guys are a lot better, right? Exactly. And I think that's the thing is, and, and that has to do with quality of players that we were able to bring in. Uh, we were able to elevate that really quickly. And again, uh, that is something that I say all the time is a testament to Missoula and the fan base that we have a strong fan base and a strong hockey culture that supports it. And it helps us when we're recruiting to bring in better players. You know, the, the level of talent that we're looking at in year two is something that I was hoping in year three or four. So we're we're about a year, year and a half ahead of what I was hoping for, uh, which is fantastic. I think that's that to me is the biggest surprise is that we're competing with some of these more established programs as quickly as we are. What is the outlook then for the second half of the year? Uh, what do you, where do you hope to, to see sort of strides and, and progress made? Well, it's always interesting, right? So we have a few more games uh, after the Beehive. We have, I think, three more home games um, to close out the season on, two against Williston State and another one against Montana State. And then there's that break, the Christmas break, that's always sort of the the weird clunky thing in the middle of the season where you have three weeks off where these guys aren't playing organized hockey because sure. we they go home, they go to other places. So being able to come back from that and... How, how, how do they get out of shape? I, I, I mean... It depends on how much turkey you eat at mom's house, I guess. Right, right? I mean... <laughs> Truthfully, not terribly, yeah, but they're right. you know your legs, right? It takes a second to come totally. back and get into it, and just sort of like you know being used to just grinding your body the way that they they have been. You know, when you take a couple weeks off, you, it does sort of soften up, and you and just you lose that edge. You can get it back quickly, but you have to get it back really quickly because you know there's really only about three or four weeks till you're into postseason play after the Christmas break. So looking looking forward to that. I mean, I, I think the biggest challenge is going to be. Coming back after break, playing a couple of quality opponents. You know, we've got University of Providence on the schedule, which was at Nationals last year. Final uh, home and home weekend with Montana State, and then going out to Williston State. So it's all quality hockey from this point on, and it's basically just being able to maintain, do well enough. And I mean, the goal last year was to make the conference. Now the goal, I think, is I mean, I think. Trying to make it to regionals is a, is a realistic expectation for this squad. Second half of the year coming at you. Grizz Hockey will have all the action on the ESPN MT app. You can also find all the home games here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula on your radio dial. Tucker Sargent in studio with us. Anything that people need to know uh, moving forward, grizzhockey.com. You guys made it easy for them. Yeah, so. grizzhockey.com. And if you want to watch any of the games, there's four great games. You can go to grizzhockey.com or the 102.9 ESPN app. Uh, and you can watch all the games this weekend. So there's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, a lot of good hockey out there. So, you know, I, I know that the boys love hearing about all the fans watching and uh, make sure not to miss anything while they're on the road. There you go. We'll have Gris Hockey tickets for you starting next week. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Well, uh, we also have some wings for you. No Grizz Hockey because they're out of town. No tickets, that is. Uh, so they're out of town. But we got some uh, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So call us. Right now, caller number three, 
406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Best wings in the city of Missoula. We're hooking you up right now with a basket of 12 wings from the Despo. 888-1029. Call number three. Call us right now. Uh, one of the books, Hour 2 coming at you. Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello joins us for our ESPN Roundtable. How did they get college game day to Bozeman? We'll learn more right after this. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.